This week on Interman Radio, we're going to start the show a little differently than in the past. Uh, Mark, yeah, maybe we're going to save some why. money. Yes, we're, we're going to save some money instead of instead of paying all those exorbitant licensing fees, copyright, to, yeah, to use someone else's material. We just decided, you know what? How hard can it be to record the theme music? That's right. Uh, we're pretty talented guys. Yeah, Bill Conti's got nothing on us. <laughs> right, right. So, so we just decided we'd we kind of do a little do-it-yourself kind of project here. That's right. And I think it turned out pretty good, Mark. Right. Really good. Yeah. Two, one. This is Innerman Radio, equipping the inner man for victory through Christ, one honest conversation at a time. So drop those excuses, pick up your Bibles, and recruit a friend. So, so Mark, when we start this episode off, just just hang with me here for a minute. You're gonna laugh, you'll cry, it'll move you. It'll, well, all yeah. right. What do you have in mind? Well, uh, here we go. You ready? Okay. Okay. All right. Last time on Interman Radio. See, that's not a good intro. Last time on Interman Radio, we got to come up with something better. It's like Batman. You, yeah. can, you can't go to last week's episode to start this week's episode. But we did leave off talking about. <laughs> you did it again. <laughs> <laughs> talking. So, in our walk with Christ and. Loving one another. What does that look like? So we left off looking at what does it look like to love your neighbor? We're in First John chapter 2. And John's talking about loving your neighbor. And it really came down to whether or not we are uh, building relationships for the purpose of advancing the gospel. If I'm willing to talk to my neighbor about the Lord. Yeah, loving your neighbor means wanting their good. That's right. And the greatest good you could want for your neighbor is his spiritual good. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. And it's more than just, you know, helping them change a tire. <laughs> right. We talked about the, the mother of four on the side of the road that needed a tire <laughs> change, you know, stuff like that. And that's all good. But in the end, it's really about do we love the people around us enough to talk to them about the Lord? Yeah. That's really what it is. All right, so then all of a sudden, you know, it's amazing what happens here because he's talking about loving your neighbor and walking in the light and all that. And then all of a sudden, he starts talking about our our homes, mm, our, our families, okay. you know, fathers and their relationship oh, with the kids yeah. and, and you know, older kids, the young men of the household mm-hmm, and, okay. then, and then the little children in the household. And yeah. boy, you know, it's really interesting how he transitions to that because really it is all about our family, Mark. Everything. Everything comes <laughs> back to the home, doesn't it? I think the family makes a good illustration of the point John wants to make. Well, yes. Y- you don't think the family's just an illustration? You think it's just an illustration? I, I would go with the illustration here, yes. Oh, what gives? Well, I guess in part because there are no women present. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what, let's start off reading the passage we're going to oh, talk about. All right. We can go from there. So we're in First John chapter 2, beginning in verse 12. I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his namesake. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I've written to you, children, because you know the Father. I've written to you, fathers, because you know him who's been from the beginning. I've written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. A functional household. Yes, uh, of men, (laughs) adolescent men, and children. Kids. Yes. (laughs) So this isn't talking about... The, the family structure at home. 
No. No, only in so much as it is a useful metaphor to teach us about some levels of maturity inside the church. The physical family exists in part so that we understand how the church is to operate. And so those relationships are extremely helpful for us to to get a grasp on what God is doing with us and how we grow inside the family or inside the body of Christ. But it's a metaphor first. All right, so we're really talking about three stages of Christian development. Yeah. We are little children, those who have faith in Christ. They've just gotten started. Their sins are forgiven. Praise the Lord. But these are, uh, let's say they're labor-intensive, right? Okay. Uh, As children are. They're supposed to be labor-intensive. These guys need to be fed. They're little children. They've got to be fed. They've got to be nourished. And there's some uh, illustrations. There's some uh, instances in the New Testament where there are little children, where there are those who are immature in Christ. And we find, um, for instance, we find an example of that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Yeah, verses 1 through 3. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not able yet to receive it. Indeed, even now you're not able, for you are still fleshly. For since there's jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like mere men? Yeah. So, so he's talking to these people. He's saying, look, you're still acting like little kids in the faith, like little children. Yeah, this is Paul's nice way of saying, would you grow up, please? Right. You know, you, you are, you're divided over, um, you know, who baptized you and who baptized you and, uh, and, and grow up. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 says, Though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you've come to need milk and not solid food. Everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. We're supposed to start out as children, but we're not supposed to stay there. So the writer of Hebrews says, listen, you should be teachers by now, but we have to go back and we have to give you milk instead of solid food. We like kids. Yes. We love kids, even. Kids <laughs> yes, are awesome. I think we have proof of that. <laughs> right? kids, kids are great. And and everybody starts out and needs to in that place. Needing milk and not solid food. Being inherently selfish. When people come into the body of Christ, they usually come in because of what they're going to gain. Right. Rather than what they're going to give or provide to the rest of the of the church. And that's... That's how it is. I mean, that that's how it naturally happens, and, and that's okay. But we're not supposed to stay there. So, you know, we get to work through those situations that cause us to grow up, and parents grow into parents through the process of having and raising kids. That's a good thing. It's good for the entire church. It, it is. It causes the rest of the church to grow as they're trying to raise these kids. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The, the, um, that maturity gets passed around as we all work together to raise up, you know, really the next generation of, of, of Christians, how whatever their age may be, um, their age in Christ is their maturity there in Christ is the is the is the issue for us today. And when these guys come into the church, they're gonna start out in that spot. And that's awesome. And our job is to help them to grow. That's right. Their sins are forgiven and and, and we're moving on from there. So when he talks to young men, he says, young men I'm writing to you because you've overcome the evil one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so these are these are uh, Christians who've notched a few victories in their belt. They have. They've overcome some sin. They're getting some momentum. They're excited about that. And they're not so much in need of everyone else to feed them anymore. They can 
how do you put that? They can feed themselves. Yeah, yep, they can feed themselves. You know, Scripture says that the glory of young men is their strength, and I would add that it's probably also their greatest weakness. You know, <laughs> having been <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. You know, you pounding your chest is, is great, but... But it doesn't really move the kingdom forward. You know, right. it's, we're glad that they're in that state and that they have had some victories. And that's a good thing. But they still need to grow up a little bit more and continue to have their senses trained through experience mm-hmm. to uh, be able to discern between good and evil. You know, young men are in a place in their life where they should be setting some priorities for themselves. They should be, they should be working. You know, that stage of, of life is when... A, it used to be a man would go out to, to find his fortune. You know, he'd go out to find his way in the world. Well, okay, you're not, time out. <laughs> you're not saying that's really what, we're, we're not encouraging a man to go find their fortune, are we? No. Well, I, actually, yeah, I, I think. What? Well, oh, so in a, so in a, um, to gonna use the, the physical example here, you know, that section when, when a, when a young man begins to become more independent, they need to be workaholics, man. Okay. They, they need to work their tail off in trying to find their way in the world and begin to take their place among the world of men. They they need to get to work. I'm with you there. I, yeah. I, I'm hung up on the word finding your fortune. Oh. <laughs> it's dreams that, you know, a young man, I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 25 type thing. I, anyway. <laughs> right. So, okay. But, but you're right. I have some great stocks to sell you later. <laughs> okay. No, so they should be working their tail off. And that's exactly what young men in the faith ought to be doing is they have some strength. So use it. You know, be out there and work your tail off. You know, get those Bible studies. That they should be in the in the process of really trying to spread the gospel, making inroads. They should be banging their head against the wall because that's typically the way young men learn best. Mm-hmm. It's more effective that way when they learn the lesson that way than it is if they're just told. And because young men are really good at listening too, really good, right? So, right? <laughs> really good. So, but it's a tendency of young men to bank on their strength, and so as yep. spiritually, it's also true to bank on their own spiritual strength. I have a tendency to rely sometimes on the law, sure. sometimes yes. on on you know thou shalt and thou shalt not, right? Say, or I'm just going to muscle through this situation, yeah. and, <laughs> yep. and and they can be highly competitive in nature. Uh, they can, they yes, can. they can, and we. We love them. We do. We yes, love we do. those hot-headed, rash. We love those. They're exactly where they're supposed to be. That's what they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be tearing it up for Jesus and ramming their head against the wall and finding out what doesn't work. That's what they're supposed to be at. And our job is to encourage them and help them as we can to uh, minimize the minimize the damage that they cause and help them to learn faster. <laughs> Clean up the mess. Uh, yes. To grow up. To grow up. Right. That's Not to bail them out, has to be. but help them grow up. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. But fathers now, so we want to move from young men to fathers. Fathers are described as those who have known him who was from the beginning. And it takes a father to know a father. As children, we think we know our fathers, right? We, we, know, we know our fathers, and we know the mistakes that our fathers have made. And as young men, we know how to, do, how to, do, how to be fathers most effectively. Yes, right? we had all the answers. <laughs> that, right. That's right. You know, but fathers see their children much differently than children see their dads, right? Because they can see the bigger picture. Spiritually, it's the same way. It is. Um, fathers really, uh, in the faith, see the bigger picture of the potential 
of that of the child in the faith and what they can be, what they can become, and the transformation process that needs to happen, regardless of that little stumble that just took place. Yeah, that's what gives fathers the ability to, to guide and direct and to overlook a lot of the as you put it, a lot of the stumbles that take place along the way because they're looking farther down the road than just where we are right now. It's going to take a while for those young men to grow into that condition, to grow into the experience, to grow into that spiritual maturity. And until we do, we really, we we haven't known him who's been from the beginning until we get to do some of the things that he's done, until we get to, to nurture those who are younger in the faith it's really hard to know who God is in that aspect until we've been there. Just like until we have kids, we really don't know our fathers. That's right. We, we learn about them when we step into those shoes. And so stepping into those shoes really does build more relationship with the father. It's how, it's how he can say, you've known, you've known the father. Because like you said, it takes a father to know a father. Right. That's right. right. Yeah. And, and that's what... That's what a, to use the term, that's that's what a healthy or a or a <laughs> or a or a you know a complete congregation looks like. Yeah, just like a, you know a complete family has those who need to be fed, those who can feed themselves, and those who can feed others. Right. And the house isn't always clean. You walk in, there's some, there's some messes. Somebody there's tried to be... feed here. Yeah. Right. Right. All right. So someone listening to this right now in the audience is saying, you know, that really beautiful picture you just painted mm. is if that was a, I mean, that was a beautiful. <laughs> that, that is not anything like the assembly I am. Oh, right. So the reason that, uh, why? Why is not my assembly like that? Uh, they need to watch more 1950s television, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Beaver! <laughs> right, right. You know, the reason that most modern church groups uh, might not resemble that is because they're really built to ignore or minimize the process of growing up. Yeah. The, the thing, the impetus behind... That maturity is the work that has to get done. And lots of times in, uh, in our consumer-oriented culture, we're really looking to minimize the personal responsibility, the work that has to get done, and we're trying to maximize our own personal experiences or, or personal pleasure or, or comfort. And in order to train you know, those who are younger or less mature, in order to train them, there has to be, as a part of that bigger picture, the expectation that they're going to move into that role of making disciples and then continuing to teach or continuing to train those disciples in bringing in those children. And then we need to expect them to grow because they've got a job to do. Mm-hmm. There's there's a larger context here. So, Unfortunately, as, as you pointed out, a, a lot of a lot of denominations will will bring people in, but the goal is not to really make them workers. The goal is to make them comfortable, just to give them a couch and a pizza downstairs, right? And let them listen to their music. Sure. 
or accept a donation, right? So really, <laughs> right, yeah. the, the, the goal is to build numbers. Maybe what modern day people would call oh, teenagerism, yeah. right? You get uh, all the blessings of adulthood. You get the car keys. You get, keys. you get you get free housing mm-hmm. and food and yes. in a lot of cases, cell phone and everything else. You get everything for free without <laughs> yeah. any of the responsibilities. Oh, and it so, kills those guys. And churches can operate the same way. Yes, teenage, they do. Teenage church, man. So... So the, bringing the kids, the underlying philosophy here is um, is uh, really we, we don't expect you to grow up because, first of all, you can't. And be- why should you? And why should you? Yeah, you can't really overcome sin. You really can't no, grow, overcome that. So no, we're not no. going to expect mm-hmm. it. So our gatherings and our activities become entertainment-based, emotional experiences, feed them, emote. We're all emoting together. It's not really coming together to study and grow or to bring others in. Right. We're not equipping people for the work of service when we allow them to remain spiritual teenagers. Right. We're we are handicapping them in the in the realm of of maturing if we allow that to take place. When they come into the when they come into the church and they they become Christians and they receive forgiveness of sins and they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit but there's no purpose to those things. It's not so that they can take it to someone else. It's so that they can enjoy those blessings themselves. Unless that mindset changes, we have seriously handicapped those people from ever really becoming mature in Christ. Right. Okay, so talking about the church, let's pull it back to personal responsibility here. So uh, That sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody just turned this episode off. Right. Right well, we're done. <laughs> so, okay, so we, we addressed the church atmosphere. Uh, how an assembly operates, but how do I know where I'm at in the process? Because Mark, I don't know about you, but I'm mature. I'm pretty mature too, you know, actually. Yeah, and, and but I combine them. I'm at ma- least as mature as you. He's <laughs> <laughs> not saying much, brother. So, but I combine the maturity of a father with the strength of a young man. That's so, <laughs> right? Wow. <laughs> so, so how does a person know where they're at in this process, and and what do we do with this information? Okay, <clears throat> so this is a little bit tricky because if, um, if, if I ask my teenage daughter, who is, who is a light in every room, yes. if, if I ask her how mature she is, or if I ask my, my 11-year-old son how mature he is, mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, they're all pretty mature because they're as mature as they've ever been. Yeah. Right? I mean, this is, I've never been as mature as I am today. Hopefully that's the case. <laughs> but... We all seem to be right. mature in our own estimation. So mm-hmm. it's a little difficult when we try to self-analyze how mature am I. I'll tell you the best way I think you can go about the process is if we use that illustration of what it is to feed others. If, if you are needing to be fed spiritually, you're in the child stage. If, if you have the ability to feed yourself spiritually and... Um, you know, Young men have different standards for what a balanced diet is, but if, yeah. if you if you have the capacity to spiritually, you know, feed yourself and begin to to grow on your own, then you're you're in that stage. If you've overcome the evil one, so we're putting some sins behind us at that point. We're having victories over habits. We're 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 making some real notable progress here. We've we've gone through some spiritual growth spurts, and we can see the evidence of that. In, uh, in our lives and the things that we do. And then finally, you know, young men, or uh, pardon me, um, fathers, fathers, uh, fathers really are involved in nurturing others. And that's being seen 
through the disciples that they've made. Not, not the ones that they claim to have worked with, but have we actually seen that they've been successful in the making disciples process? Right. And, and so that's really what we're, what we're looking for if we're going to try and, and ascertain, well, where am I in that stage? Paul said, you know, he was a wise master builder, but that came after a lot of building. And the same thing is true. Okay, so maybe, you know, you've had a couple of Bible studies. Um, that doesn't make you a, a father in the, uh, in, the, in the Lord's church. Um, you know, there's going to have to be some, some, uh, some real track record there backing up that, you know, this is what I've done over these years. This is the, this is the family or, that I've raised. This is the, the nature of the assembly that I've, you know, worked in. Or th- Those are the sorts of things that, that you'd have to take into account to try and ascertain, well, where am I in that, in that uh, spectrum? Really, so uh, the standard here for no matter where a person's at in growth is to, is to move forward. Yeah. Uh, in Second Peter chapter 3, verses 14 through 18, Really honing in on, on verse 18, um, but it's good to read the whole thing to put it, put it in context. But we're honing in on 18. He says, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Really, so <clears throat> talking about becoming steadfast, not being pulled away by unprincipled men, but growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what stage we're in, so we don't have to self-analyze ourselves to death. Here, we need to grow in his grace and knowledge and growing in loving one another more. And that, that's going to happen when we're involved in helping other people at whatever stage we are. Um, Ephesians 4 says something similar in verse 12. It says, you know, he's given all of these positions for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So he defines how mature is mature, when, he, when he's listed as the fullness which belongs to Christ, to that measure of stature. As a result, in verse 14, we're no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who's the head even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Yeah, and Third John chapter, Third uh, John chapter one. In case you didn't know, Third <laughs> John uh, verse four. John is writing to Gaius, and he's writing uh, as an elder here. He says in verse four, "I have no greater joy than this to hear of my children walking in the truth." You know, walking is deliberate. It takes a, it's a daily decision. They are children, but they're walking. And it, may, it may, gives him no greater joy than to see his kids in the faith walking in the truth. When, uh, we, when we work with our kids because we love our children, we become invested in them. And so their victories are our victories. Mm-hmm. And when we see them accomplish something, it thrills us. And that should be the same attitude that we have to those who are in the church. If um, if you're if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition, uh, you know, with your brother, that tells you that you're not in the father stage. You're in perhaps the young man or even the child stage mm-hmm. um, as a result of that of that selfish competition. Paul talks about the uh, you know his place as a father in First uh, Thessalonians chapter two. 
He says in verse 11, As you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. I, I should throw this in, though, for moms. In verse 7, he also said he was a nursing mother. Yes, so, yes. So we'll, make it, uh, we'll make it fair all the way around. But you know, whether mothers or fathers, so much of their energy is devoted to growing those who are have been entrusted to their care. And that's how it needs to be inside the inside the church. Yeah, so back to our passage here in 1 John. Prior to this uh, section talking about the spiritual family and gro- the stages of growth in that, yeah. uh, he's talking about loving one another. He's talking about walking in the light, being honest, uh, and, and loving our brother. And so if we're talking about ourselves as children, this means growing to become self-sufficient, to, to feed ourselves, to gain an awareness of what's going on in others around us, Mm -hmm. to become aware of that and to care. Uh, For young men, it it means translating those personal victories into experiences that can help others, fighting those same battles and seeing their potential to overcome and encouraging them along the way. In the case of fathers, that means we're going to work to become really even better dads, learning from our mistakes, seeking to know and... and, uh, to know the traits of the Father so we can pass those on to those who are spiritually less mature than we are. It means really having a longer-term view and seeing the bigger picture and seeing really the tremendous potential that the people around us have um, inside the body of Christ. It takes, um, really, faith is, there are three, three steps here of understanding. Little children, they've come to believe in Jesus. And that really is the first step in that faith-growing process. And so they understand what God has done in Jesus Christ. For those who are, who are ready to take the next step of faith, they've made the connection that what God has done in Jesus, God has done in them. Right. And so they're beginning to take on some of those same characteristics, and they're having some victories, and they're seeing the potential that they possess now that God dwells in them. But the greatest step is when, as fathers, we see what God has done in those around us. And when we recognize the potential of the people who are, who are less mature than we are, then that's really when we start to become mature in Christ. When, when we can say to, to them, you know, let me help you along. You're doing a great job. Here, right. I'll give you a couple of pointers. You're doing so well. Come on, let's do it together. Right. And man, that's, when, that's really when we start to become spiritually mature. Is when through our actions we've recognized the potential that God has placed in other people. So start wherever you're at. The, um, the challenges that face you right now are the ones that God has placed in your life, and they're specifically tailored for you to grow and take the next step. If, uh, if, you're, if you're starting to walk, you know, if you're toddling around as a Christian, praise the Lord for yeah. you. I mean, we are totally excited about you, and welcome to the family, and congratulations. And you're doing a great job, so yeah. just keep pulling yourself up on the furniture and you're making great strides, right? Okay. But if you're a young man in the faith, we're so excited yeah. about you. That's awesome. Congratulations that you've become strong in the Lord and that you're beginning to see the effects of that faith in your own personal practice. And if you're a father in Christ and if, if, you're, a, uh, if you're spiritually mature, we praise the Lord for you. The church needs all three of those. But it especially needs those guys who can impart the um, you know that a little bit of of 
uh, even keel, you know, the, the, those guys who aren't going to be blown around by the winds of doctrine and the waves of circumstance and who can really be a shelter in the storm and create a space where those who are younger in the faith can begin to grow, where they can, come, they can mature into, into young men and then ultimately take on those responsibilities of mature fathers as well. And we'll see you next time on Interman Radio. Radio.